Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. Lovely, and it's a very informal start. I'm all about being very informal because it is a very chatty, relaxed vibe on the Brown the Brief. Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> so I will say that I am looking out to a very grey and gloomy Bell Sill, but I am speaking to a very glamorous Jean Johansson who is currently in France. I am sorry, it's boiling hot here. I am right, looking out. <laughs> I'm looking out to the rolling hills of southwest France, so I've I've seen that it is pouring down with rain back home, so I'm really, really happy to be here and and more so just because I haven't worked in a while, just because of lockdown. So it's just really nice to be filming a place in the sun again. A vet it is, a vet. I mean that's what we were just saying before we started recording. It's just been such a weird time and a lot of us have not worked at our usual pace, if at all. So it's lovely for you to be back doing what you you love to do. Oh yeah, it absolutely is and um now I can see the benefit of the time I had home as well. At the time, I was just worried about everything. But but now that I'm busy again, it is, um, I'm blessed for that three months I had at home with my son and my husband because now we're just juniors getting ready to go back to school and we're all, all back to normal again, all really working hard. And so actually now when I look back, it was actually a, a good time you know, spending mm. that quality time as a family. Yeah, I think we all could see the silver linings wherever possible, just that opportunity to spend time with people at home. And I, and I really feel for, obviously, people that weren't, were having to isolate on their own or, or were shielding and stuff, because, um, yeah, I've been lucky enough to, to spend time at home with my husband and, like, you with your family as well. But, yeah, it's nice to get back to, to the biz and do what you love to do, for sure. Oh, uh- Absolutely, absolutely. As I forget, you know how much I enjoy being part of a team. All TV shows are a real collaborative effort. So, um, being at home alone was just like I was just missing my people that are usually around me. So it's really nice to be back as a team again. And what what is it like out there at the moment in terms of like filming and stuff? So you've mentioned obviously you're filming for A Place in the Sun. Obviously, you're having to adhere to certain rules and different regulations that are, you know, imposed at this time to keep us all safe. So, what what has it been like so far filming? I mean, the truth is, it's um, it's awkward and it's different because the safety of the cast and the crew and our house hunters is paramount. So we're all masked up yeah. and we travel from location to location. Luckily, we're in France, where um, you're allowed to have the mask off in public places or when you eat and drink. So we, we do get a breather, but when we're traveling to locations and in between takes, we're really all masked up. And then the biggest difference is the two meter distance. Anybody that watches my shows will know I'm a very kind of tactile, touchy feely person. I'm, there's often an arm round a house hunter or a guest or contributor that I'm talking to. And I've had to keep the two meters away from them um so it won't look too bad to you guys our cameramen have got a good way of making it look natural but that's been a big thing for me I had a couple that were looking at houses last week and I found them a great property and she got quite emotional about it and for me not to hug her or comfort her or 
you know, have to stand that two years away was really difficult, but great that we can make the programme. And I'm sure all viewers, when they watch these episodes, will know that these were ones that were made during that crazy time where we had to keep a distance. So it's actually good in a way to mark it as a moment in time when the world just went a bit crazy and, you know, we had all these new rules to live by. It hasn't affected the feeling of the show. It's still really nice. We're still having lots of laughs, but we're we're all on our best behaviour and really adhering to the rules because it's the only way to get the production done. So it's strange, but, you know, creative people, we adapt really quickly. So we've all adapted and we all have a laugh and a joke about it. And it's going well so far. Great. That's so encouraging to hear that. I'm delighted for the for you that you're out and about because I, I was absolutely just thinking the same thing. You know, uh, creatives, we do just have to adapt to so many different situations. I feel like, you know, I just am a bit of a chameleon at times, you know, and being a freelancer, you learn all these different skills and dealing with different types of people and working in different scenarios. And this, although it's very new and very strange, will just be another one that you add to the list of that yeah. time where we just had to adapt and make it work. And um, it is really encouraging to hear that people are getting back to work in the creative industries as well. Yeah, it is. I also um, I filmed a game show the other day called House of Games. Yeah, I saw your post on Instagram. <laughs> really difficult but a great laugh but again it was just nice you could feel the energy of everyone just being grateful to be back at work everybody was in such a great mood Mm. and masked up temperatures taken before we entered the studio we weren't allowed you know the sound person wasn't allowed to make us up we all had to socially distance in the studio Mm. But everybody was in such a great mood because as most of us are freelancers in the industry and most of us have just been sat at home, it was just a collective sigh of relief. And it's a good thing because sometimes we take being in telly for granted and it was a good lesson that don't take for granted what you do, you know, appreciate what you've got. So it it was nice to be in an environment where there was no moaning, there was no prima donnas, you know, everybody just got on with it and had a great time. So I hope that this is going to have an effect where more and more productions come back because I still have lots of friends who have no work in the diary and that's a really scary place Mm, to be. it's, It's so alarming and so many people have been not able to access you know government help and different things and it's just so worrying for the creative industries as a whole just to see lots of people's jobs just at a total standstill at this moment in time yeah but I just feel very lucky yeah but I, I like what you said there you know we, we can all be guilty I guess of just going with the flow and just when you're in it and you're busy especially you know if you are freelance there isn't much time to stop and take stock of what you're doing and sometimes we can take things for granted so it is it's nice to hear you say you know that you you do feel very privileged and lucky to be doing what you love to do and that you're back at it so yeah I think we can all sometimes just be guilty of just we're just looking ahead all the time and just go 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 oh you're so right and that's another lesson I learned during lockdown is um just be present like normally on these are placed in the sun shoots I'm taking those Instagram shots and showing everyone what I'm doing and I'm deliberately not doing it this time because I, I just want to be present I want to leave France and remember the places the names of the places that I went to and mm. the whole scenery that I saw and the restaurants we visited and all the little villages so it's, it's made me more present I'm 
I really want to take things in more. You know, sometimes I look at my schedule and just, you know, roll off my tongue. Oh, I'll be in France, then I'll be in Portugal, then I'll be in Spain. You know, that is now I know how lucky I am. I've always known, but now I really realise it and it maybe took took losing everything because I did, you know, got phone calls in March from my agent just going right off the rest of the year and anything you get will be a bonus. So I, I had that fear of, oh, does this mean my career's over now? So now that I am back working again, it's uh, I'm taking it all in, I'm being present and I'm full of gratitude. Lovely, Jean, lovely. Great, that can only be a great thing. And, uh, you know, I was smiling away here like a Cheshire cat when you were talking about the fact that you are, you know, somebody who is very tactile and that you would want to be hugging the house hunters when they found their dream home. And that's, you know, that friendly, just really natural vibe is what I've always got from you. We've never met as such, but anything that I've, I've seen viewers on tv you just come across as someone who's loves what they do and you are just born to do it oh that's such a compliment because I do love what I do so when people say that comes across natural is a word that uh, people often use for me and I take that as a huge compliment because I never had any training whatsoever so what you see is what you get with me and I am people that know me I'm I'm quite a positive person I'm always laughing I like to be silly I, I love people I love being around people so you just see me having a good time on a place in the sun yeah. rather than just being the presenter. So it's great if that comes across. It absolutely does. You know, and I, I was just doing doing my research. Uh, you'll be impressed, Jean, you'll be impressed. But I was already obviously aware of lots of the things that you've done. But just looking at like past showreels and stuff of yours, you've just done so many things. And probably what I've found is not even like scraping the surface. So you're saying you had no training was there a goal was there something that you were aiming to do prior to going into tv well I journalism I really wanted to do and I was just talking about that because today as we're recording this um the Scottish exam results have came out and I really wanted to do journalism and I wanted to do it at Napier University which was like one of the best in the UK and and you needed high grades for that. I think it was something like four A's and I wasn't that academic. So, of course, I didn't get those four A's. And I was just devastated because I so wanted to go to that uni and live in Edinburgh and become the next Moira Stewart. And then um, I didn't get those grades. I was pretty devastated. But I just sort of took another route into doing media studies at university. But at the same time... There was an open audition, which, you know, you're a dancer. They don't really exist anymore. But back then you could buy the stage newspaper or you could hear about they're looking for someone for this or they're looking for someone for that. And BBC Scotland were looking for a TV presenter for a kids show. They were looking for a couple of presenters from all over the country. And um, I went along to that open audition where anyone could walk in from the street and um, got a job got my first job so I was very lucky and I sort of wanted to get into the media so a TV presenting was just a a great way for me to do it. Gosh that's amazing like yeah like you say those kind of opportunities don't come up as often as they maybe did you know maybe 20 years ago yeah I love how you just embraced that and you were like well I'm I'm just going to give it a bash I'm just going to go and see what happens. Oh definitely and I'm sad that they don't find talent like that anymore because I think if you do cast the 
net wider, you, you automatically get the diversity that everyone's after. If you just let everyone in, yeah. then, of course, you're going to have everyone represented. Telly's just a bit too closed off sometimes. And it's, as you'll know from the presenters and actors you see on, on TV screens, it's the same faces over and over again. And it can be cliquey and it can be very white and very middle class and very London based and I wish it would go back to that that old kind of putting out open auditions and seeing who just turns up and finding raw talent because that's how I got my break. 100% I mean that something has to change there absolutely. Yeah I mean and it is changing there's some really positive things going on but to me there's some really complex and big ideas when it's like actually just get out of London and just next time you've got a show open up the audition and see what you get see who you get because there's loads of talented people out there you just don't know their names yet so, true. so I'm a big believer in that just let's let's try it a different way and I bet you you'll get all that representation that you're after yeah like I went to a live discussion with Stacey Dooley just prior to lockdown and she was saying like her route into tv was not your kind of standard like she had been a participant on a tv program her mum had a leaflet that came through the door and she'd went for this tv program and featured on it and just when she was on it spoke up quite a bit and she says the amount of kind of backlash she gets and comments about her accent and that you know that she's not you know kind of rp in terms of her delivery and you know and she's like i'm just you know i love what i do my passion comes across why does it need to be this certain way i know it's it's crazy it's social media has opened us all up to loads of criticism but but there you go Stacey Dooley gets it as well it's just people get scared of anything that's a little bit out the norm and I think Stacey was that when she first uh, got onto the scene but that I like that story I didn't know that about her that's again a bit like me somebody just sort of taking a chance she had her moment as a guest on that show and boy did she take it and now look where she is so I'm, I'm all for that it's great and it's really inspiring when people do that so when you got that first opportunity did you just absolutely go for it or was where there those kind of natural nerves there like all oh, right okay all right they're giving me the job oh right I've actually got to do this now no not really nerves because you know I've done a bit of modeling but prior to that I worked at McDonald's drive through in Greenock so anything that was not that was just brilliant, <laughs> you know and People always say to me, you're dead easy to work with and you never get any complaints from Jean. It's like, well, why would I complain? I get to make telly. I get paid to just talk. Hard work is out there in the real world, not here in telly. So when I got that opportunity, I was like, I'm not going back to McDonald's. This is the new me. This is my new life. This is what I want. And I went after it, hammer and tongs. When I moved down to London, I just sent out that show I had one thing on my show reel which was that CBBC show and I sent it out to agent after agent after agent and just pursued you know my dream so I got an agent and then that's that agent got me work on the Disney channel and then my career just sort of snowballed from there yeah I I love the similarities I also worked in McDonald's I was what you would call a lobby jobby so we had to like clean the tables and the bins and hand scrub the stairs, Jean. So as you can imagine, oh, no. when I got my audition for the Scottish Rockets and got in and then started to really pick on my, my dance career, you know, I was like, right, time to leave McDonald's. And uh, I, didn't, I didn't look back. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's so funny just when you were saying McDonald's. I'm like, yeah, that's in my yeah, TV as well. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. I don't think Lisa. No. Good. <laughs> <laughs> totally, yeah. It's all these life skills. It's the path, isn't it? Mm, and I spent my time, I was at the window of the drive-thru and I would do what I do today in my job, just talk to people. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's it. It's just interpersonal skills and it's a massive, um, you know, it's a really important thing to have. I, I remember going into Dan's teaching and it just being a totally different skill set just to make other people feel comfortable in your presence oh absolutely it is a skill and it's not everyone can do it I still see some presenters today or or chat show hosts or interviewers who just can't quite connect in an authentic and real way so it is a skill and I've I've always been up in people's business I'm a people person so I chat to people I hate silence you know I'm that person at the the doctors or you know surgery that just starts talking to folk because I hate five people being in a small space and nobody's talking so yeah I've, I've always been like that but I think as a tv presenter you must be just fascinated with other people's stories so why wouldn't you ask the questions why wouldn't you strike up a conversation because you just don't know what you're going to learn absolutely and I think the thing that I've brought to a place in the sun because there's a few different presenters on it is um my interest in the the couples and and my relationship with them because of course it's all about the property but I love the backstory everyone's got a story you don't just wake up one day and go oh I'm going to move to Spain this week there's there's a real backstory behind it and if I can draw that out of the couples over the week then that's a good show for me and I think the audience like that as well of course of course and I guess like you were saying when you moved to London you got your agent and then things just progress and snowball there have been so many opportunities that you know have been presented that you've just had to embrace you've just you know it's felt you've gone with your gut you've gone with your instinct and said yeah I'm, I'm gonna take this on have there been particular jobs that have felt like pivotal moments in your career yeah there is the Disney channel was was a big moment that was a worldwide company Disney is a worldwide company so I worked in New York and Los Angeles and I really grew up on that channel and made a lot of mistakes as well so it was it was a training ground really yeah. So that was a really good job. But I I didn't um I've had as many no's as I've had yeses. Yes, I've worked a lot, but I've lost out on a lot of jobs as well. I lost out on C D UK back in the day. Um what else did I audition for? Some big Saturday morning programmes. Two years ago, just recently, I auditioned for this morning. So I still go for things and don't get them and it's still as crushing now as it was then. But I learn from every job I don't get. So important to say that. I think that's wonderful that you're you're being as honest about that because anybody that's not familiar with this this industry that there's as many highlights, but there's hurdles along the way and things that you just don't get for whatever reason. Exactly. Um, they say for every yes you get seventeen no's, and I would say that's probably about right. It's the same in the dance world and and the yes. acting world. Um. So Disney did change things and then, you know, I had a good 10 years of work and then I had four years out as well, at least after I had my son. Mm. I didn't work for ages. I really didn't work for four years. Was that a choice that you made for your you and your family? No, no, that's this industry, as you know as well. The phone just stopped ringing. Gosh. And I disappeared away to have this baby and, you know, one year out becomes two year out and then people have forgotten about you and your showreel gets old and your headshots get older and you're now a mum so you're in a different bracket and you're two years older and so 
that's probably the most pivotal moment in my career was the four years of not working because I'll never forget it because the Commonwealth Games came to Glasgow that year. It was 2014. I had junior 2010. Yeah, so that was four years of not working. And I thought something big is happening in Glasgow. There's loads of stuff going to be here. There's people going to be here. I need to be part of this. So I hired my own crew, two guys. I know a sound man and a cameraman. And I went, let's just go out and shoot stuff. Love that. There's stuff going on in Glasgow. Let's go out and shoot it. And from that footage, I put a show reel together because everything I'd done previous was kind of kids' telly. So it, it had aged and it wasn't really usable anymore. So I needed new, up to date stuff. And that became my new show reel. That stuff that I just went out and shot myself with no director, just made up the content myself. And that's what got me on the one show. Jean, that's awesome. Oh, that is amazing. Listen, if it doesn't exist, you need to create it. You have to. And I say it to young people, anybody that goes, how do I get into presenting? I go, well, you've got a camera phone. That's how easy it is now. There are just no excuses and there's just nobody that's going to come up and land a job in your lap. Like the 10 years I had worked in telly meant nothing. I was forgotten about. I was, I had just moved into another level of being a mom, and I'd moved back to Scotland and I'd left London and everybody had just forgotten about me so I had to get up get out and go and get it. I've had this conversation with other creatives you know I was speaking to a dancer Pamela DiStefano you know she's in Lady Gaga's Bad Romance video yeah, I mean she's done some amazing things dance with Katy Perry you know she was on X Factor weekly and and then you know she made the decision to start a family and she said she overheard conversations of you know well well she's a mum now as if that was like a mm-hmm. negative thing as if that meant you know you were cancelled yeah it felt like that at the time it's it's a it's a strange place to be you really got to own being a mum and and try and find a balance and I think I sort of hid away for a little while Probably the first year I wanted to be at home and just throw myself into that. The second year I would have liked a little bit of work. Third year I was just desperate for work. And, and the fourth year that was when I thought it's not coming to me. So I need to go out and get it. And it's, it really is the best lesson. I get loads of people reaching out to me about how do I do this and how do I do that? And it's like, go and get it. Yeah, your case in point, you just made it happen. And you're right, like that 2014, gosh, I remember the, like the cupcakes, we had like 12 gigs or something in the one week. Like it was just, there was such a buzz about the city and that was a perfect opportunity for you to get out and just get doing what you missed and so brilliantly did. It was such a good time and it shows you when you put something out to the universe. So in the build up to those Commonwealth Games, I'd been out shooting stuff. And then a phone call came out of nowhere going, Glasgow City Council have got free concerts on in Glasgow Green every night during the Commonwealth Games. Do you want to host one? And I hosted one, did a really good job. And then they went, can you come back and do another one? And, can you? and then I stood on that stage going, I made this happen. I put this out there. I knew the Commonwealth Games were going to bring me something. It was the right time for me to get back to work. And I hope that people understand that you can go out and make it happen yeah and that's the thing like you you never stopped you you always had that ability there you had so much experience behind you and it was just taking that opportunity and just going right let, let's just make this yeah. work everything that you've done since 2014 you know I'm looking at the list that I wrote down and I'm like wow your CV is just bursting with amazing things and, and, and quite a spectrum of different types of programs and things that you've been involved in like MasterChef, Animal Park loads of different things I think it's the plethora 
of different programs that you have in your kind of armory kind of speaks volumes about the type of presenter that you are yeah I think I'm quite versatile I um, was recently pitched a show about felling trees like a tree felling competition and I had to pass on it because it just there comes a point in your career when you go that's doing things for the sake of doing them and I'm actually not right for that at all and there was another show that sort of crime watchy type show and I just had to pass on it as well and it's great to be in a position when I can pass on things but I really have to be true to myself at this point I know what I'm good at so animal parts great for me I love animals I love that show master chef master chef who wouldn't do that I know it's like such a like iconic show it is I mean I watched it every year before I went on it so I'm, I'm careful about what I do and I, I do do varied things, but nothing too wacky or crazy. I don't do things for the sake of doing them. I like I like being on brand with sort of Jean and, and who I am, and I think I'm balancing that quite well recently. Yeah, I've had this conversation also a lot in the podcast just with other people from various walks of life and, and various art forms, just that staying true to your authentic self. And like you say, you make mistakes in your career, and that's how you learn. You can't possibly succeed without failing but you know you've been in the business long enough now to know where your skill set is and what your strengths are but that's not to say you wouldn't necessarily try something new if it just felt the right fit yeah it has to feel right I mean before I had junior I went into STV and became a weather girl which was completely the wrong thing for me I was I should have been should have went for maybe online vlogger reporter type of role you know show busy type of thing but when you're offered something back then it was just like just take it just take it and those are the times when I really really learned the lessons like you know that was not a high point of my career I was under trained I never got to grips with the job I was sick with nerves every night I didn't have any friends in the newsroom it was like really intimidating work environment just because everybody was so good at their jobs it was really Mm. people but no time to coddle you or train you or it was a real sink or swim environment which is not right for me I need to be part of a team that is really collaborative and fun and and it's fun but it's serious and it's real and it's hard-hitting and the weather's so serious you know people (laughs) well yeah especially here in Scotland in Scotland it's so serious and I never realized that and thought it would be a cutesy little role where I just sort of read the autocue and it wasn't that it was designing your own graphics constantly in contact with the the Met office and then doing a broadcast almost live because you sort of only got one chance to record it. So I learned a lot of lessons. The the biggest one being speak up if you're struggling with getting mm-hmm. grips with the work or the job or the script or the dance routine or whatever it is. Like don't suffer because when you go out there and do it, you'll be judged on your performance and if you don't know the job inside out, your performance will not be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's not many places to hide once you, that camera no, is on you there's nowhere to hide and it's, it really stayed with me that job on the weather because it's the one job in my career that I never 
got to grips with and um, I don't have many regrets, but that's one of them. <laughs> Lesson learned, eh? Yes, absolutely. And, and hindsight's a great thing as well, do you know what I mean? But as you say, you've got to go through it to, to come out the other side and realise what's for you. Yeah, you only you learn from the, you've learned from the bad stuff and you learn from the stuff that, that doesn't go right. And, and do you have a, a favourite type of programme to work on? Because obviously a lot of the stuff... you've done more recently is like on location so obviously like the place in the sun and animal park but then you've also done plenty of kind of in studio in front of a camera kind of stuff is there just like somewhere that feels like your real happy place in terms of presenting the place in the sun i would have to say is the sunshine you'd be surprised what that does to to people it just takes it up to another level of positivity when you're working in the sun we're just all so happy to be here and I've bought and sold properties over the years so it's me being able to pass on information and help to other people and to be able to travel and be wearing little summer dresses and be part of a team we all travel together all the crew and that's my happy place is like probably after we've wrapped the shoot we're all sat with the house hunters and the crew. We know we've made a TV programme. We sit and have dinner and a few drinks. And that really is my happy place, that nice feeling that you've accomplished something and you've you've made that out of telly. I love that. And it's the same with Animal Park. I go down there and I live at Longleat Safari Park where it's filmed. And again, a really great relationship with all the keepers down there and all the crew and all the characters. And we have drinks after work and being part of that group is really my happy place Mm, I mean it just looks like the best job ever hanging about with animals really really lucky animal park is just a joy every second of it it's just so cute I went back after lockdown and you know we were having to exercise animals could they put on lockdown weight and you know <laughs> have it, all. it was just all these really dramatic stories with like me goats and tarantulas and, and and just the lives of these animals and how lockdowns affected them was just so cute and funny and serious at times as well of course I'm guessing that's one of the jobs that your wee boy would just be desperate to to go well, with you to work too. I took him down once and he got stuck in with helping the keepers so maybe I'll have a little animal keeper in the future you know, yeah, like, know yeah but yeah I'm lucky and I think things come to me you know animal park came out of nowhere and again I was kind of like mm, looking for something on the BBC and has to be right for me and I had a drink in a bar with the exec and then you know he sort of cast me in the show without a screen test or anything which rarely happens so I think my good relationships with people have have ended up getting me work, which is really, really nice. It's not always about an agent and loads of meetings. Sometimes nice things just happen because you've got good relationships and I'm really happy about that and grateful for it. Yeah, I mean, people by people, obviously with all your skill set and everything, all the experience behind you, but essentially people warm to to good people who are passionate about what they do and if you just ooze that positivity and you are that person who just will strike up a conversation that goes a long way yeah yeah I hope so there's a lot of nightmare people in this industry as well so I'm just happy I'm not one of them and that I like people and people like me generally so um, I'm, I'm pleased about that and you're very prompt because you were you were ahead of time oh, when oh, even this recording that, that comes from my modeling days it's like be on time I get anxious about being late if I'm late even to meet a friend I don't, don't like the feeling of someone waiting for me 
you know, I was taught from a really young age, when you go out to castings, when you're a model, it's like time is money. And back in those days, if you were late, they just wouldn't see you. So you could be running from one casting to another. And if you were late, they just, when you got there, they just wouldn't let you in. That stayed with me. Be prepared and be on time. That's the two things that I I live by when it comes to my work. We're giving all the great advice on this podcast. I feel like this is going to go out to like all the budding uh, journalists and TV presenters. I listen to podcasts for advice, so I'm not there yet myself. I'm constantly learning. I'm a big podcast fan, Lisa, so I'm always listening to podcasts that will teach me something. I love Fern Cotton's Happy Place. I've got into that recently. Uh, I love my, my idol, RuPaul, has lots of life lessons that come out in his podcast. So I'm very much a work in pro- progress and learning loads of stuff myself. But if I can pass on any wisdom, two things would be be prepared and be on time. Love it. Yeah, and every day should be a school day. You should be constantly learning, I think. Um, and, and lots of different people can teach you mm-hmm. new things. You know, and, and, and you can learn in the most unexpected of places. If you're just open to it. Oh, absolutely. There's lessons around every corner and I still watch people now and I watch how they work and that their work ethic and, you know, you really get out what you put in. So that's always a lesson to me. I love watching people who just work and work and work and work. I like the social side of work as well. And sometimes I could do more of the work and not so much of the what time do we wrap so we can get to the pub the older I get the more I'm kind of trying to get a better balance between sort of being a good um I suppose now that I'm a little bit older setting an example for younger ones I like that I like that but nobody would judge you for a a party every now and again (laughs) there are people that wrap on a shoot especially the the talent as we're called and and just go home or you know wrap say goodnight I like to sit with people and get to know them off camera so um, that's one of my things I do like to socialize with people after work and just to take you back for a second you were when you were talking about a place in the sun you were saying that your your role I think probably a lot of people wouldn't realize how much research and how much work behind the scenes goes into your job ahead of doing any sort of shoot like you will need to do your homework oh huge amounts it's such a big deal it's like this week here got somebody spending potentially £140,000 just after lockdown you know that's a huge deal so we have to get it right and the research begins in London then it it comes over to location a week before the house hunters get here there's people working on that they're in constant contact with me before I meet the house hunters I've seen all the properties going through it talked about how they work with their stories so yeah what you see on telly is the end result of a lot of research I mean we don't pick five properties out of the sky they are very very researched and if there's any that we think are not right we'll dump them get new ones often could be on the wrong track with where we're going or people sort of change their mind on what they want and we have to be ready to slot something else in so that was one of the things that surprised me about this show was the manpower and research that goes into it I bet yeah it's a, it's a huge responsibility to be on a show like that like you say and that's part of your job also as, as well like you're saying is to create those bonds and those relationships with the people you're working with because that's only going to make for a better product at the end of the day you know if you've done your research and you've spent the time getting to know the people behind the scenes then it's just going to make for a better program yeah and I I think if people go away whether they've made an offer on a property or not if they go away and say they've had a great week because you know 
surprise and secret of TV. It takes us five days, six days to film an episode of Place in the Sun. It doesn't, you know, it, to you guys, it looks like we went and saw all those properties in one day. It's actually uh, filmed over a few days. So, you know, we have to do it right. I think it would be really difficult, though, to not just want to move to all these wonderful places. You must just be going different places, going, so I want a house here and I'd like to live there. I need to stop. It happens all the time. Today I was taking photos of a place and sending them to my husband, dropping hints, because I've really fell in love with this part of France. It's just beautiful and you're getting, like, four bedrooms and a pool for £130,000. That's crazy. That would Sign be what you get out here. is amazing. Yeah. So, uh, again, I'm always learning and getting much, much uh, more interested in the property market and what bargains can be had. So, another job where I'm, I'm, I'm learning. Is there a, a kind of tick sheet, a wish list, uh, certain things, certain challenges that you would like to take on? Or are you just very much like when the opportunity arises, then you'll go for, for it if it Oh, yeah, right. there's stuff I want to do. I want to do Strictly. I'd like to do I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. I know my name has been in the mix for these type of shows before, but I, I really want to do them. Where I would normally go after things and pursue them with these jobs, it doesn't work like that. It's whether your name's in the mix, it's whether you've got enough profile, it's whether the cast and de- directors from those shows know who you are, think you can slot in. So with that, it's a case of me putting it out there. I'm ready to do them. I want to do them. I want to do well on them and letting the universe do its work. So I would love a big show like that. And and ultimately, you know, I'm not, not scared to say, you know, I want to be the, the next Lorraine Kelly. I want my own show. I want to be a household name. I want to be there every morning with my own magazine show or every afternoon. And that's ultimately the goal for me. I'm not just, you know, I'm grateful for everything I get, but there is an end goal and it's really to have my own show yeah and why and why not like why not say that and put that out there you know i'm very much like thoughts become things but also say what you want how how do people know if you don't just put it out there into the universe that is the biggest bit of advice i hate it when someone comes to me or they're talking about what they want to do or that they're they're uh, mixed on it or they're not quite sure or because if you're mixed on it and don't know and unsure then you know the universe is unsure so I have to be very specific and direct about what I want that's only something that's happened to me in the past couple of years but I'm, I'm very specific on it I know exactly what I want how I'm going to get there I don't know I just need to keep doing what I'm doing yeah and I think it can be sometimes quite jarring because as Scots we quite often are very much like oh no me and you know you don't want to appear like to be self-assured or too big-headed and you're like well no yeah, no like I'm going to be 40 this year I'm over that I'm past all that Lisa great I love that that you know more of that. <laughs> where do you want to go with this podcast what's the end goal with it well it's funny you should say this because I've had this conversation just very recently because in my line of work I'm very much a people person I've realized on lockdown that you know I enjoy the arts because I enjoy working with other people and being creative with other people and and I've done a fair share of kind of presenting through my dance troupe and different dementia friendly events and stuff and yeah so there's certain things that I think I'd like to to try you know but it's just developing the skills and the the podcast has certainly allowed me to do that you know it is very much just a, a passion project it's a hobby it doesn't make me any money I'm going to make you say what you want to do like I'm going to make you get specific Oh gosh, washy thing that I'm talking about. Like, well, I'd like to, yeah. and this would be quite nice because you're scared to go. 
I want this to be as popular as Fern's podcast or I want to get a TV show for BBC Scotland off the back of this or like you need to get specific about what you want to achieve from doing this. You're so right. You're so right. Not at this moment. You don't have to tell me right now. You could be my mentor. You know, you reached out to me and said, would you come on the podcast? And there's so many people that just wouldn't do that. So if you ask, sometimes you just receive. It's like there's a girl doing a podcast. I know some of my friends have been on it. It's a good podcast. So yeah, she's she's out there. She's doing it. She's going for it. So I'm like happy to facilitate. That's so and, kind. You know, as I said, I massively appreciate the fact that you're you're doing it. You've said yes. Like I just put myself out there when I'm feeling that extra bit brave. I mean, the podcast is called the Brawn the Brave. So if I'm feeling a bit gallus one day, you know, I think, well, the, what's the worst that somebody could say? No, thank you. It's not for me. You're not right now. That's fine. But if you yeah. don't ask, you don't get. I'm gonna die if if someone says no. But but I'll I'll set you that challenge to get specific about what you want and where you want to go in this or your dance or whatever it is you're doing. Because I truly believe once you're brave enough to say it out loud. That sets the wheels in motion for it happening. Oh, Jean, thank you. <laughs> I needed that. I, I totally needed we that. We have a Scottish show. It's our go-to, isn't it? It's like, well, I don't... Probably maybe a year and a half ago, if you went, would you want to do? Maybe I would. But I'm just happy and grateful for what I've got now. And I am. But here's what I want to do. And here's what I'm going to do. And it's um once you say it, it sort of sits well. And then you start believing it's going to happen. So true. So yeah, and I, I wrote a blog blog post the other day. They're just saying like, when I look back at the things I've done, sometimes I'm like, geez, oh, like that's amazing. You've done that. Like you were brave when you were younger. So sometimes like I need to borrow confidence from my former self. But I'm like, well, you just did that, you know. And now if that opportunity came up, would you go for it again? I I don't know. With age, sometimes like I tend to overthink things. I think when I was maybe younger, I was just like, ah let's get a bash so I'm having to borrow some confidence from my younger self yeah I think that's a great bit of advice as well yeah I mean that girl that walked into that audition at BBC Scotland nobody was going to stop me from getting that job I was confident and it's the only job of my whole career that I knew I was going to get and that's from being 18 years old and just going I'm getting this you know and it's hard to to go back to that girl and go make me feel that now you know because it's it's just it's a place that you are before you've had the knocks and the bruises and the letdowns and disappointments. So there's nothing to be scared of. Now we know what life is like. <laughs> so, so true. Got a bit so more true. baggage. So yeah, I hear you. It's just I totally agree with that. You do have to go back and just have a chat with that girl. That go, Lisa. You're better than them. Go get it. You want it? Get it. You know, and that is your 18 year old self that talks like that. Yeah. Oh, Jean, all the great advice. And you're saying that you are turning 40 this year. Yes. Is that like a milestone? Does that feel like a thing? Or are you just like, oh, it's just a number? It really does feel like a thing. And again, a couple of years ago, I lied about my age a lot. I still do sometimes, but I'm getting getting used to sort of owning the fact I'm going to be 40. And it, it feels great. And I feel like a big role of mine moving forward I'd like it to be helping younger people in the industry particularly people from ethnic minorities people from working class backgrounds I'm really passionate now about shortening that attainment gap if that's the right way to put it I really uh, really feel passionate about people from working class communities like mine's was just going for things and believing that they can do it and I've seen a lot of unjust 
things in this industry, you know, towards mm. people from ethnic minority backgrounds. And I think as I get older, a role of mine I would love is to be mentoring and just helping others sort of achieve what they want to do, whether it's in telly or not in telly. So I think that comes with age, believing that I can do that and feeling like even if something doesn't happen for me, I would love it to happen for someone else. Well, that is the joy that is having years of experience and, and life experience, just, you know, the school of life. And yeah, and it, it brings so much joy to pass on your knowledge and your expertise and advice to people. Like, I, I'm never happier when I can help somebody. From a selfish point of view, it's lovely to be able to 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 take somebody aside and just give them a nugget of wisdom that might just help them. Yeah, especially amongst women as well. When I was younger, I would have been, you don't know me, but can you give me advice? I would have written to people and asked questions and asked for advice. So I, I kind of like it when people do it to me because it's exactly what I would have done. Well, look at it. You look at the amazing career you've had. Why would not somebody want to ask you for your advice? You know, you are the person to go to. And the fact that you're doing this podcast, you don't need to do this, Jean. Like, I'm sure you're inundated with opportunities and offers of unpaid work, <laughs> you know, but it's I, I massively appreciate that you've taken the time to speak to me tonight. You know, that's helping me and gosh, I, I couldn't have imagined all the awesome advice you would give me as well and things to think about. Well, it's, it's nice to be asked and, and we found out we've got a friend in common as well. So maybe it was the, my friend Craig that made this happen. Who knows? Everything happens for a reason and we've actually been in each other's company, but I didn't know that you were Lisa from the podcast. So. See, this is the thing about people and just like the world's all connected, that kind of like six degrees separated from somebody Oh, definitely. And in Scotland, it's so like that as well. And I, I just like, there's been a couple of Scottish podcasters have asked me to, and I'll say yes, because I just like that it's like, yeah, do it and put your own stamp on it and get in that market. Because again, when you go on podcasts, they're all coming out of London and they're, they're ex-pop stars or ex, they've already got profile. It's like you need to listen to some podcasts for people whose maybe name you don't know and build your audience from there and so if I can help any Scottish person that's out there trying to create something then oh yeah you know I practice what I preach I'm going to do it. I love it and I recently watched your documentary on BBC Scotland um, that you were part of Black and Scottish loved it. Good uh, did you learn something from it? Yeah absolutely I mean I've been watching lots of the kind of BBC Scotland stuff there's some there's some great content on there there really is and it had been on my radar to watch and then someone had posted it and I was like yes absolutely need to watch that and actually I I went I say I went to a webinar you know this is what we say these days we we went to webinars I basically went in the spare room um but it was with the director of the documentary was doing a, a webinar about the process and just fascinating insight into to the world of documentary making but of course you know in, in in this time of you know the killing of George Floyd and the global movement like Black Lives Matter just um yeah it's just opened my eyes and just lots of learning to do yeah Continue, I think continuous I, learning. I liked about the doc was just to let people know that there are black people in Scotland and and hear the experiences of those people and it was it was quite light it didn't get too heavy and I just thought it was a, a nice little documentary and it it's done so well so I'm grateful that everybody tuned in mm. and have you been asked to add comment and give an account of your own personal story in the last few I months have. And I, I'm I'm conflicted about that because I don't, you know, I don't like people getting entertainment from my trauma. I've had lots of things that have happened to me, but there's mm-hmm. no point 
point in me talking about it unless there's a learning ex- there's something for people to learn from it you know I would rather talk about my experiences in this industry because then we can talk about how to to move forward as an industry I can add a positive voice to that yes to be sit and go I got called this name in 1995 or this happened to me in 1980 yeah you know as soon as you look at a black person just know they've definitely experienced racism like it's not in question do they want to sit and regurgitate that and relive traumas just because everybody's now interested probably not for me it's all about talking about the future now and educating people and that was a lovely thing that happened in Scotland the amount of people that reached out to me and went what can I do and what am I doing wrong and I wasn't aware of this and I'm just going you're all right you're a good person you, it's the, you know, this isn't for you. These are for the people that don't understand or the people that are prejudiced or the people that are racist. You're okay. Just keep being a good person, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But it was nice that people were kind of going, is, am I doing enough? Am I all right? And that's a great thing because only you can look in the mirror and go, have I judged that person? Or have I, be, have I you know, been slightly prejudiced in a way? So it was really good at holding up a mirror. And, and I think... um. Scottish people as usual have come out on top because we are such a welcoming and open country in general and um, yeah there was a lot of love out there. Yeah and like you say with anything you know we should be asking ourselves questions Mm -hmm. and we should be every day should be a school day like we were saying earlier on you can never stop learning about the world around you and the people that live in it. Yeah, and watching little things that you probably wouldn't watch before. I watched this great documentary called Disclosure. Have you seen it on Netflix? I haven't. I'm going to write that down, though. So it's all about trans people. Honestly, hand on heart, a subject I didn't know much about. I don't have any trans people in my life. So watched it and went, I'm so glad I watched that because now I know X, Y, and Z, and A, B, and C. And hopefully there's been, you know, like our documentary, Black and Scottish, and, and other sort of diverse programs with, with good subjects. You sit and watch it and go, I've learned something. Mm. So, you know, that it's good to go out and seek things. I probably would never have watched that disclosure documentary, but I'm so glad I did. And now I understand a little bit more about trans people and the trans movement and, and just being inclusive and what to say and what not to say because we don't always know and that's not a crime. No. We don't always know the right terminology. We don't always know how people want to be referred to or what they want to be called. And you could be saying, so it's, it's not people aren't always coming from a bad place. Sometimes it's just not knowing. So I myself, you know, I've had to learn about another minority group and it feels good once you do it. I think that's a good thing that's came from the, the BLM movement is that we're all less afraid to ask questions and just go, am I doing this right? Am I saying this right? What 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 more can I do? And, that, and that's one of the positive things that's came from it. Absolutely. Now, Jane, I didn't tell you about this, but um, I do a thing called the thingamabobs, right? Oh. I don't know if you're familiar with Vogue's 73 questions. Yes. So it's a bit like that, only I'm not going to ask you 73 <laughs> questions. <laughs> So I have selected a few for you in the list of 70-odd questions that I keep adding to. Right. We'll give you what I think's probably going to be an easy one to start with, right? Right. So if you were going to be on a desert island or, for instance, if you were going to do Celebrity Get Me Out of Here, Mm -hmm. what would be your desert island meal before you go? So what would you, you know, your indulgence before you, you leave? Probably a curry, but then I think, is that going to make regret that when I need the toilet and there's no toilet roll? How practical of you. (laughs) 
yeah, I'm quite practical. Yes, something that wouldn't would come out the other end in a nice way. So I don't know what to love. <laughs> what to, I'm so, I'd love, I just love food. Okay, let me go for a nice sort of medium rare steak and a beautiful Malbec bottle of Malbec to go with it. Nice one. And there was no pause there. You were right on the money. <laughs> you knew exactly what you were going to go for. Love it. Right, here's a bit of a random one. Where do you not mind waiting? Oh, that's these are good questions, Lisa. Where do I not mind waiting? Um, I'm good at airport lounges. I see because I've got my podcasts in. I do a lot of waiting in my life, Lisa, because I travel a lot. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, like an airport lounge. Like sometimes if a flight's delayed or something, people get stressed out. I'm just like. Stick another podcast in, just sit here, watch the world go by. And... One heart. Yeah, if I've got a podcast, I'm fine. Oh yeah, it just passes the time. I'm just I'm disappeared into that world that's going on in my ear. So yeah, I do a lot of I lot do a lot of waiting around at airports and I don't mind mm, it. Especially if you're going somewhere nice. <laughs> or coming home to see your lovely family, I yeah, guess. Exactly. Okay, here's one and I think you've covered this in you know many ways but there might just be one more nugget of advice so I'm looking for advice for your younger self oh god speak up speak up don't hold it inside you have to be brave to do it it's like the the name of your podcast you have to be brave because it's not easy to speak up but if I could go back to my 16 year old self I'd say speak up there's so many times in my life and my career I haven't and I've regretted it and now I speak up a lot which often gets me into trouble but yeah I'd go back and tell Jean just to speak up great advice can you handle two more yeah go on what song do you know every single word of (laughs) dancing queen by ABBA tune one of my (laughs) favorite songs of all time is it really yeah, I love it. I remember standing singing it when you know the line only seventeen when I was only seventeen. I'm loving it and now it's like, oh my god, I wish. <laughs> and the question oh, do you know what, before I say this, I'm gutted that we're finishing this because I've had a lovely time chatting to you. The last question that I ask everybody in the podcast, because it is called the Brown the Brave, what is your favourite Scottish word or phrase? Um Korean. I love to Korean. That's one of my favourites. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> that's a good one. And Korean is very fitting because obviously as somebody who is a tactile person who likes to give people a, a cuddle, hopefully mm. you'll all be Korean a bit oh, more. Yeah, I hope so. See this meeting new people and not even doing any gesture. It's so weird to me. So yeah, bring back hugs and kisses and all of that because that's what makes the world go round like connecting with people physically is is everything to me so I look forward to the days when we can do that again well Jean thank you so so much for this it's been an absolute joy to chat to you and I just wish you all the best and I know you're just going to continue to do wonderful things and things that you're passionate about I hope so and all the best with you as well and I think you should really have a think about what it is you really want to do and then once you've you know it and can say it out loud then you can really truly go for it but more power to you doing a podcast and and a positive one as well that people can listen to and hopefully feel good after it I think that's a really nice role to be playing so good luck with it I'm going to be listening out to see how you're getting on that's so kind and this is the very reason why I do this podcast for people like you and positivity and just just yeah just sharing the love and just 
connecting with other people it's so important and um, yeah I absolutely love what you do Jean thank you so much thanks for having me on Lisa and take care pleasure I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Brawn the Brave a podcast about people and their passions join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests bye for now